You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. It is Georgia week. Top 10 matchup, guys. I don't I don't even know how to feel about this. Arkansas is in the top 10. College game day is going to be there. It's a little unfortunate because... You know, it's a childhood dream of mine to go to college game day when Arkansas is there, and I can't make it to Athens. So that's unfortunate, but I am, I'm so excited for this matchup. You know, Georgia comes in as an 18-and-a-half-point favorite, which I think we can all agree is a little too much, um, but it, it's, going to be, it's going to be electric. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff, but it's still going to be electric. So big week ahead of us, a big episode today, but we got to start by talking about the A&M game. I mean, Arkansas takes down AM for the first time in what feels like forever. The streak is over. Arkansas took down a top 10 team. Andrew Hutchinson, is this Razorback football team legit? It's hard to say no. I mean, they, they have far exceeded, I think, anybody's expectations, anybody outside of that football building at least, because, uh, I mean – I think the most optimistic fans probably thought, you know, if they could be three and one at this point, that would be really, really good. Cause that means you beat either Texas or Texas A&M. Uh, but to have beaten both of them and not just beaten them, but beaten them like, like, okay, you are the better team. Uh, I think that was really impressive for Arkansas and, and to, to snap that streak. Uh, I was thinking about this. I was talking about it after the game. The last time Arkansas beat Texas A&M, I was in high school. And I have been out of college for a few years now and I'm married and have a kid. So it's been a long time since Arkansas beat Texas A&M. And I know Arkansas fans were, were super pumped to have that streak come to an end. Yeah, I mean, and you, you kind of mentioned it. Arkansas definitely looked like the better team there. Um, and it looked like a blowout there at the beginning. Like it looked like Arkansas was just going to run away with this. And then, um, you know, things started to slow down. And then KJ gets hurt. So Alex Trader, just like, why, what do you, what did you see? And why did you think that things started to slow down and A&M started to kind of, you know, slowly get back into the game? I think a big part of it was KJ coming, having to come out of the game. You saw the offense was already kind of coasting to a halt towards the end of that first half. And then when KJ got hurt, there weren't many first downs to be had. It was kind of, three and out, three and out, the defense held up their end of the bargain. But like you mentioned, at the beginning of this game, you know, Arkansas starts out 17 nothing in the first quarter, and you're thinking, oh, man, it's about to happen. There, there's, this is about to be the game that, you know, shoots Arkansas up even further into the top ten. Um, they still make it to eight, but you could tell from the beginning that, that Sam Pittman and Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles had a game plan that they wanted to go, go with, stuck with it. And I thought the script Kendall Bryles had for the start of that game was fantastic. Now, it for a little bit there, it felt almost like, oh, no, here we go again. Arkansas is going to do the same thing they always do against Texas A&M. Um, but what happened was they won the game. They made the big play, the Monteric Brown interception, which was almost – I mean, everybody on Twitter was like, oh, here we go again. We're about to get screwed. And they made the right call, which is awesome. So, um, Andrew Hutchinson, I just want to ask you, like – how impressed are you with this defense so far? Because realistically, it's the defense that won Arkansas that game, especially when K.J. Jefferson went down and you couldn't get anything going with offense. Yeah, I think I even tweeted something like, you know, Arkansas is going to have to win this game with his defense. And 
unlike years past, I think Arkansas was fine with that. I think they have a really uh, a lot of confidence in that side of the ball. Uh, I knew the defense was going to be good this year. I, I did. I thought the defense was going to be the strength of the team. Uh, and so I wasn't too terribly surprised. However, with it being A&M, and as you said, you know, you're thinking, oh, gosh, you know, Arkansas is going to have a quarter injury to its quarterback and things are going to spiral. And, you know, they, they hit that, you know, 67-yard touchdown run or something to pull within a touchdown. You're going, oh, my gosh. how It's just like they're finding ways to lose. Uh, but that defense, they, they would not let it happen. I mean, Trey Williams played – like a man possessed out there. He was, you know, those poor, I think Texas A&M used three different left tackles in the game and he tormented all three of them. I mean, though, those poor guys were probably having nightmares of Trey Williams, uh, you know, the, for days to come. So uh, just a, a phenomenal performance by the defense. Uh, they, they did it with a three man rush. So they were able to drop eight and Zach Calzada was not able to really get anything going. I think he was like, 20 of 35 or something like that. So, I mean, he, he completed over 50% of his passes, but he didn't have very many passing yards. They were checking down a ton. They didn't hit any deep passes. So it really, the, the game plan, as Alex was saying earlier, that, that Barry Odom had was, was amazing. And it, it worked beautifully in that game. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting because we mentioned last week how, you know, the the, the defensive line knew that they were going to just completely dominate that offensive line that Texas A&M had, and they did it. And you talked about those checkdowns. After they got pressure in a lot in the first quarter, it seemed as if every play they were running a running back out or a wide receiver out just as a checkdown option for Calzada, like every play. And he most of the time he took it. So um, it, it was the pressure that led to success for the Arkansas defense, and I think it's probably going to have to be the same thing this weekend. But I want to transfer back over to the offensive side of the ball. And, Alex, I want to ask you, so Traylon Burks had his big day. He did what people have been looking for all year, um, the 85-yard touchdown. But there wasn't much outside of Traylon Burks as far as wide receivers and just pass catchers go. We know Blake Kern had a pretty rough day. So um, it, do you think that might be an issue moving forward? Or do you think that, you know, Tyson Morris is still there? Davion Warren will figure it out. What, what, what are you thinking? Anytime you only have four guys catch a pass in a game, it, it isn't going to necessarily turn out great. Um, here it did, and that's that's a huge credit to the defense, like we mentioned. But it's also a credit to the rushing game. I think um, you're going to run into situations where you need to pass the ball, and that's something that that Bryles and, and KJ are going to get get figured out in that room. But when you when you're running 200 yards a game and you have 500 yard rushers through four weeks it's tough to beat. Um, and I think that's going to be what Arkansas is going to have to continue to do until they're able to get those kinks worked out, you know, lost in the mix was, uh, with over 320 QBR Warren Thompson, one of one for a huge pass on his, on his part. Um, I, I think finding ways to get them involved, you know, you saw a couple rushes with Traylon Burks. If you can't get the ball to them through the air, get the ball to them and let your, let your playmakers make plays. So I think that the, the biggest takeaway, at least for me, is just like Arkansas can now win the big games because you looked at that Texas game and, you know, do we really know who Texas is? And then you, you see they go and beat Texas Tech by like 70 or no, they scored 70 and Texas Tech got like 20. But still, Texas is, you know, they don't look like a bad team at all. And even with Zach Calzada as their quarterback, Texas A&M is still not a bad team at all. So um hutch i just 
how awesome is it and how good is it for this Arkansas team that, you know, they proved to themselves and to the fans that, hey, we can win these big games. We're no longer going to have these letdowns. Um, now, Georgia's a different beast, but moving forward, if you're in a close game, you can you be confident that Arkansas is not going to, you know, hurt themselves? I think Arkansas is playing with a lot of confidence right now. And I think that is because of how well they played against, you know, these really good teams. And, you know, we saw it a little bit in 2020, you know, they, they played well. I mean, Mississippi state, you know, was ranked at the time when they beat them and Ole Miss was a, a, a pretty decent team last year. And uh, so, I mean, they, they are very confident. I don't think they're going to be scared to play any team. I mean, I think Alabama is pretty scary. That's still on the schedule. And, and most people would say Georgia's pretty scary, but if you look at it, you know, Arkansas played the Bulldogs pretty close last year and actually were leading through, you know, two and a half quarters. So uh, I don't think any of these teams are going to scare Arkansas. I don't think they're going to be intimidated. I don't think they're going to you know, get beat before they get off the bus. I think they're going to be competitive and they may lose. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to go 12 and 0 by any means, uh, but I don't think they're going to go in expecting to lose. I think they're going uh, to think they have a chance in every game. And, and I think it's from the confidence that they've built up through these, these first four weeks that include two just really, really impressive wins over Texas and Texas A&M. Which I want to ask you about the, the running back situation. Alex kind of hit on it earlier. Um, you know, it was a four-headed monster coming into the game. It was a little bit different. I mean, it started off really well for Traylon Smith. Like, I think he had, what, like 50-something yards on the first drive. Um, but after that, it never really felt like there was an Arkansas running back that was just taking over the game. Um, I think Dominique Johnson didn't get as much play time as they would have liked for him to. Same with Rocket Sanders. But I, I'm pretty sure Pittman said something about we just went with whoever had the hot hand at the time, and I think that's what they're going to continue to do. But for you, Hutch, just what did you see from the running backs? Yeah, I mean, Traylon, as you said, had a really good start, uh, and I think he is he's the guy. I mean, he's the guy. I think Sam Pittman described him as like the fire plug. You know, he's, he's the guy that they lean on in that room. Veteran guy. He's got the leadership qualities you want. Uh, so he's he's the guy. Uh, now, is he the guy you want running on fourth and one near the red zone? Uh, don't know about that uh, you've got a you got a pretty good good runner at, at quarterback at KJ who's 245 pounds and probably not easy to take down that I might run with uh, but I mean the, the other running backs you know Rocket Sanders didn't play as much as he probably would have because uh, Malik was in the game and apparently during practice there had been some some exchange issues between Malik and, and Rocket uh, so you didn't want to have him in and there at the time. You know, I, I found it interesting that Dominique Johnson didn't play any offense during the first half. And that was just kind of the flow of the game. And, and Sam Pittman, I think, said at one point this week that you know, they've, got to, they've got to figure out exactly a plan on how to get all these guys involved. And we saw what A.J. Green can do, you know, as a, a, as a receiver with his, uh, I believe, 48-yard touchdown catch and run. Uh, that, was, that was really impressive where he met, avoided three tacklers on the play. Uh, so they're, they've got dudes. I think they're still kind of feeling it out. I mean, they, they've done a pretty good job through four weeks, but I don't think they've a hundred percent figured out, okay, this is exactly how we're going to use these guys. And they weren't as impressive as they were in, in previous games. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to match the seven yards of carry they had against Texas. That was incredible. Uh, but Texas A&M has a, a very stout defensive line and Georgia's is even better. 
So uh, it, it's going to be a challenge this week for sure, but they, they do have the horses in my opinion. Yeah, and that A.J. Green touchdown that you mentioned, he, he kind of got a little push into the end zone. It was all over Twitter. Everybody was like, why would you push the guy into the end zone? But uh, I, I, you kind of mentioned how um, – how it's kind of I can't remember what you said but it reminded me of the quarterback situation and how we know that KJ Jefferson is the number one guy everybody wants to talk about the backup quarterback we know that like the most popular player on the team is always the backup quarterback but can we can we all agree and I'll let Hutch start that KJ Jefferson is definitely locked in by far and away the number one quarterback yes <laughs> I mean there, there's not much more to say yes our KJ is by far the number one guy I knew it going into the game and then seeing Malik really kind of struggle, you know, with the, the bright lights, um, that that just kind of further solidified that. Yeah, I've also got to agree. I mean, I, I was I thought KJ was going to be the guy coming in through the season. And then, you know, the early game struggles against Rice had everyone and their mother calling for Malik to come in uh, this game. I, I said it during the game, you know. He, he's got time to develop, but right now Malik is not the guy that's going to go in and win you football games. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our Texas A&M talk. Coming up in the show, we're going to talk some news of the week up next. A couple big big recruits committed to Arkansas. Um, then Hutch is going to talk to Anthony Dasher from UGASports.com. And then we're going to talk the Georgia game ourselves, give you our thoughts, a little bit of previews, and maybe even some predictions if we feel like we know what scores we want to say. So all that and more coming up here on the Hogbeat Hour. You're listening to the Hog Beat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas and HitThatLine.com. Back here on the Hog Beat Hour, we're talking news of the week right now. I, I mean, the biggest news, I mean, there's a ton of big news for Arkansas athletics this week, but I guess let's just start with where it started this week. Arkansas up to number eight in the AP poll. It feels like, I, it just, it doesn't feel real to be honest with you, like how, how in the world could this team be a top 10 team after what, what Razorback fans went through, but they are a top 10 team Hutch. And uh, I just want to know your thoughts about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I never in a million years would have guessed we'd be talking about a top 10 team right now. I mean, maybe in a few years, I thought, but uh, they have, they have far exceeded any expectations, uh, but it's, it's hard to argue that they, they don't deserve it. I mean, they, they, they have smoked Texas. They, they soundly beat A&M and they've taken care of business against Rice and Georgia Southern. So uh, they are definitely a top 10 team and uh, boy, do they have an opportunity to make a statement this week, you know, with the number two Georgia uh, waiting on deck. It's just, it's so weird when you see those people saying, you know, if, if Ole Miss beats Alabama this week and then Arkansas beats Georgia, Guess who's probably going to be the number one team in the nation? I I don't want I don't want to get that far, but just like keep that in the back of your head. Um, but is there an athletic department in the country that is as successful as Arkansas is right now? You know, if you really look at it, probably not. I mean, if there is, I would love to see it because Arkansas. You know, I put out the stats on on Twitter this week. Uh, Arkansas is the only team in the country to have been ranked in the top ten at some point in men's basketball, baseball, and football. Uh, and then if you dive even further, you look at all the other sports, the Olympic sports and you know the track team, the softball, everything, 
Arkansas plays in 19 Division I sports. 15 of them have been ranked in the top 10 at some point during 2021. That's crazy. And of the other four that weren't, two of them, I think, topped out at 20. Uh, another one was, like, ranked 26. And then I think the volleyball team was the only one that didn't get ranked at any point this year. So just incredible top to bottom, just just total total domination by Arkansas. Yeah, you only won, I think, one national championship with the women's track team. I think they won the indoor championship, but they won a ton of SEC titles, more than any other team in the conference. So, I mean – just really top to bottom, a really healthy athletic department right now. Yeah, and uh, just just a little thing here. You you talked about that volleyball team. They started ten and two this year. Then they got swept at Tennessee last weekend, I believe. So they're ten and four. Um, but I mean, they're still not a bad team. So <laughs> that's enough volleyball talk. Um, let's talk about some players who got some weekly awards. So Traylon Burks, co-offensive player of the week. Trey Williams, co-defensive lineman of the week. No surprise there on the co's, but, uh, you know, I think both of those guys were uh, worthy of earning those awards, don't you think, Hutch? Yeah, I mean, both of those guys dominated. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. Traylon Burks had his breakout game, 167 yards. Uh, I wonder how much he would have had had KJ not gotten hurt because they seem to have a really nice connection. He did catch a pass from – uh, he actually caught a pass from Warren Thompson and he also caught a pass from Malik. Uh, but man, they, he is, he has looked really, really good the last couple of weeks. He had that 91 yard touchdown on the screen pass against Georgia Southern and then had an 85 yard bomb uh, that he reeled in against A&M uh, that really kind of set the tone early. Uh, and then obviously Trey, Trey Williams, I said it earlier, he, he tormented Texas A&M. He was always in the backfield. I think he officially got credited with two sacks and maybe three quarterback hurries, officially. Uh, but if you go look at pro football focus, he was even more dominant. He had like eight total pressures uh, with uh, you know a sack, quarterback hit, lots of hurries. Uh, and I think he also drew a couple of holding penalties as well. So that kind of shows you how good he was. They were having to, to do everything they could to, to keep him in check. And probably some other holding calls that, that should have been made that that weren't. Yeah, there's that one. There was one call or one play where the Texas A&M left tackle just grabbed the face mask of, I think it was Hayden and Henry. And it was, uh, they didn't call anything. And like, you could clearly see it on the screen. So that's just one example. But you, you mentioned Traylon Burks. Um, him and KJ got a little banged up in the game. Uh, Alex, you've been out at practice. I just want to know what you've seen from them. We've heard that they should be good to go, but uh, just how do they look in practice this week? Yeah, I mean, they were both full go on Tuesday when I was there. You know, KJ, as far as full go quarterbacks can be, they're not getting hit ever, but um, he, he had a brace on his left knee, kind of like the lineman aware. Looked to be pretty mobile, moving around, had a couple quick bursts through the, through the, um, the kind of horseshoe hurdle things where you go under them. Uh, he, he was able to go out there and look kind of explosive doing what he was doing. Traylon was out there catching passes, making cuts. So um, they might not be 100%, but from what I saw, they're, they're definitely uh, looking good enough to go out there and make an impact that they need to make. We'll stick with you, Alex. Let's talk, uh, let's talk some commits. So Joey Sua out of Bentonville West, I believe, he committed to the Arkansas Racebacks on Wednesday morning. Um, what do you know about him and how's he going to help the Hawks? Yeah, Sue is at BHS and uh, he uh, he's big. I saw some of his highlights earlier this season. 
uh, through the first, I think, game or two, wrote a story about him. He, he's big. He looks dominant. He's raw. You know, he hasn't – he moved from California this summer, so not getting a full year of that strength and conditioning is a little bit weird when you're on a football team. I've been through it, uh, not at this level by any means, but it's going to make it tougher for you to get into your groove and find that true potential. Uh, I think he's going to have that this offseason. Bentonville generally has a pretty solid strength and conditioning program. Um, and, and I'm going to be doing a film breakdown on him that's going to be coming out later tonight on the Hogbeat YouTube channel. So make sure you guys check that out as well to see kind of a full breakdown of, of what he's been able to do thus far in his junior season. I think I said Bentonville West, but yes, Bentonville. Um, it's so hard to get those two. Um, Hutch, let's finish up football news of the week. Uh, mark it down in your calendar. Set your reminders. Arkansas versus Texas Tech, 2030 and. 2031 hutch you wrote 3031 but it's 2031 that would be a little too much if it was 3031 i mean athletic directors these days they're scheduling far out so i, I wouldn't be surprised but yes 2031 uh that that another southwest conference foe uh, i know people like that you know i remember i made the trip out to lubbock in 2014 when uh alex collins and jonathan williams ran all over those dudes and of course I think everyone remembers Pat Mahomes coming in here and uh, before he was Patrick Mahomes uh, just tearing up Arkansas's defense. I think he was like 26 of 30 passing and of those four incompletions, two of them were interceptions. It was one of the more bizarre games I've, I've seen Arkansas play and I knew he was good, but uh, who knows, who knows who's playing right in that game. Those guys are in like elementary school right now, which is kind of crazy to think about. That that actually is really crazy to think about. I've never I've never thought of it that way, but that that's actually kind of weird. So let's let's talk about the biggest recruit recruitment news of the week. Nick Smith Jr. Uh, commits to the Razorbacks. I mean, five star. He's going to be the I think the highest rated recruit to ever step on campus and be a Razorback. So how big is that for the Hogs, Hutch? I mean, are, are we looking at like floor is the Final Four next year or what? <laughs> I don't know if you can ever expect the final four uh, because that takes a little bit of luck. Uh, but I think they are definitely trending in the right direction where the second weekend of the NCAA tournament is, is becoming the expectation. Of course, we've got to wait a little bit before we see Nick Smith in an Arkansas uniform. We got this 2021-22 uh, season coming up. Uh, but Nick Smith is a massive, massive get for Arkansas. I mean, they've already got an impressive class. Uh, that already had three guys in the Rivals 150. Uh, and Nick Smith is, is I believe, in Rivals, he's number 16, which is a lot lower than he is on, on ESPN. I think he's like six. So uh, it's a massive, massive get. I mean, I talked to several people about him, you know, national media. I talked to some high school coaches that have faced him and uh, some former Razorbacks, you know, like Scotty Thurman. Uh, you can read their full comments on hogbeat.com, but they all said pretty much the same thing, that this is a incredible, incredible player and that they don't think that there's 10 players in the country better than him. So getting him and getting him to stay home is a, a massive, massive get for Eric Musselman. That, that is very true. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for news of the week. We're going to next, next segment, Hutch is going to talk to Anthony Dasher, managing editor of UGASports.com. Get you set for the Georgia game. He's going to tell you everything you need to know about the Bulldogs, what they got going on with injuries, the players you need to look out for, how good their defense actually is. And then after that, we're going to talk about Georgia ourselves and get you guys set for the weekend.
here on the Hogbeat Hour. You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas and HitThatLine.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Andrew Hutchinson, the managing editor of Hogbeat.com, your Arkansas site and the Rivals Network. And what a time to be alive if you're an Arkansas fan. The Hogs are 4-0 for the first time since 2003. They're ranked number eight. And they seem to be one of the best stories in college football. Uh, but unfortunately for them, it, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, they're heading down to Athens this weekend for a massive showdown with number two, Georgia. Uh, with that, it's time once again to go behind enemy lines for some insider perspective on the upcoming game. Uh, Anthony Dasher is the managing editor of UGASports.com, the Georgia site and the Rivals Network. He does a great job of covering the Bulldogs in all sports. Uh, and was kind enough to, to give us some insight today. Uh, Dash, I appreciate it. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Well, let, let's jump right into it. You know, Georgia always seems to have, you know, national aspirations, and, and they're sitting at number two in the polls. Arkansas is coming to town, number eight, as I said, college game days in Athens. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the excitement level right now, uh, right now down there in Georgia? It's uh, obviously, you know, it's, it's pretty high. I mean, yeah, the, the big, uh, you know, opener to kick off the season against Clemson, uh, you know, Clemson may not be quite what we thought they were going to be, you know, going into the year, but it was nevertheless, it was a big win for Georgia. You know, and I think, the, you know, everybody got to see a, a chance to see the this defense, which I think is very good. I mean, I know people will look at the schedule and say, hey, well, Georgia hasn't played anybody. Well, same time, Georgia did against these teams what you would expect a good team to do, and that's, you know, win the games uh, pretty handily and, uh, you know, and, 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 and that sort of thing. But, yeah, yeah, but the excitement level is, is very high. I mean, like I said, number two in the country, uh, um, you know, the, the, the schedule definitely picks up now. Georgia has Arkansas, Auburn next week, then Kentucky before the game with Florida. So, uh, for anybody who's, you know, who might have still some doubts about how good Georgia, you know, might be, uh, they're going to find it here pretty quick, you know, starting Saturday afternoon at noon here in Athens. Yeah, I know one one reason I think that, that a lot of people nationally maybe were really high on, on the Bulldogs coming into the season was because of the mm-hmm. fact that they do have JT Daniels at quarterback. Uh, I know he had some some injuries earlier in the season, but what kind of year is he having so far, and, and is he living up to the hype? Well, uh, against Clemson again, I, you know, I had I hate to say that, that, that JT hadn't had an off game, and he he, he was maybe as crisp as he could, as he should have been, could have been, but but Clemson's front seven is also very you know good as well. They caused uh, some problems. Uh, uh, he came back, uh, you know, uh, the following week. Uh, unfortunately, he had a suffered an oblique injury, and that kept him out of the. Uh, of the of the UAB game, but they came back against South Carolina, played very well, and and played uh, you know extremely well. You know you know last weekend at, at Vanderbilt played for like for two quarters, and they took him out of the game in that sixty-two to nothing route. But so far he's done, I think, pretty much everything they've expected him to do. He's he's not a guy who's going to beat you with his feet. I mean he's he's a he moves around good in the pocket and that sort of thing, gets the rid of the ball very very quickly. That's probably probably one of his biggest strengths. He can make all the throws. I mean intermediate, short, long. Uh, Georgia, I think this year has already has like seven, six, no, so five, five touchdown passes, thirty-five yards or longer, which is already on pace to smash what they did, you know, last year when they had Stetson Bennett, you know, QB, and you know, most of the game until JT came on in the Final Four. But everything they thought he was going to be able to do, he's done, and they they're very pleased where they're at with JT Daniels right now. And it seems like Georgia always has a multiple super talented running backs uh, every year. Uh, what's kind of the scouting report on, on this year's backfield and, and how many different guys should, should Arkansas expect to see? Yeah, as many as five. I mean, they all, maybe they've got five uh, 
guys, uh, three of them were former five-star players. I mean, Zamir White, James Cook, uh, Kendall Milton, those three guys were five-star, you know, running backs. And they've got Dejan uh, Edwards and Kenny McIntosh, uh, who were, you know, high four-star, you know, picks. They've, 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 they've got a, they've got a, a load of them. I mean, the, uh, the, the thing is, though, I mean, so far anyway, the running game, you know, hasn't quite, you know, been, I think, up to everybody's standards at Georgia. I used to seeing Georgia rip off these long, you know, touchdown runs with this, with this backfield. And, and so far, they're, you know, I say barely averaging five yards per carry, but at Georgia, I think they're used to, you know, six, seven yards per, per, per carry, and that hasn't been the case so far. Got a lot of it now has been due to the fact that, that in the team Georgia has played, they, they stacked the line of scrimmage and dare Georgia to throw only this year as opposed to maybe the last season, Georgia can throw the football. And so I'm curious to see, you know, moving forward, if, if, if teams start to play a little more, you know, multiple, give Georgia more multiple looks, instead of putting eight or nine men in the box to try to challenge that throwing game. But but they've got guys who are obviously talented, got a, a lot of guys, uh, experienced players, and they, but they still want to get the game, running game going a little bit better than what it's been so far. And I know Georgia suffered a blow back during the spring when George Pickens went down with the mm-hmm. ACL injury. Uh, I know he's not going to be back for this game, but I think I saw where, where Kirby Smart was announced a couple of guys are going to be returning this week. Yeah. Uh, wh- what can you tell us about them and, and what they bring to the team and just kind of a, a general injury report right now? Uh, well, the biggest name, I guess, is going to be tied in uh, Darnell Washington, who Arkansas fans got to see as his first game last year in, in Fayetteville. He's, he's 6'7", 275 pounds, uh, tight end, can run can catch he's a he's he's a he's a he's a tough guy to, to, to handle in coverage uh but there's also a true freshman georgia has right now uh brock bowers who's a, another tight end he's leading the league um in, not in the league but leading georgia in reception of 18 for 263 yards he's already scored five touchdowns they had one rushing last week for the tight end position they're always start, are starting to call him bronkowski around here around uh athens because of some of the things he does yeah he already had an 85 yard touchdown reception too the guy can run can move but uh, injury-wise, you know, they're, they're, they're still missing, uh, you know, Dominic Blaylock, who played a key role last year, has come back from a hamstring injury. He, he may play this weekend. Arian Smith, who is the fastest player on the team, has not played the last two games with a knee contusion. He should play this weekend. Uh, but they've had to, to lean on some, some, some young kids, some young freshmen. Uh, um, uh, A.D. Mitchell uh, from Texas has come in and has uh, scored a couple of touchdowns as a true freshman. Lad McConkey. Who was a, a kid from up in North Georgia? Nobody he had no offers from maybe two or three, you know, FCS schools. But he came in last week and uh, had a, had a big game, had a big touchdown catch, and scored a, another touchdown on the reverse. Uh, they've got Jermaine Burton who scored, you know, a, a couple of touchdowns. He's a good deep threat, and uh, and and they throw the ball a lot to the backs. I mean, James Cook is uh, and Kenny McIntosh both are, are definitely threats to, to get the ball a lot out of the backfield. So. Despite the fact Georgia does have some injuries, they've been able so far to, to fill those gaps with some other young players. Now let's talk about this defense. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think the Bulldogs have given up but one offensive touchdown through their first four games, and even that mm-hmm. was in garbage time. Yeah. What makes this defense so good? <sighs> wow. Um, start up front, and it starts with Jordan Davis. I mean, Jordan is six foot six, 340 pounds, and the man can run. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you saw highlights of the UAB game, but their quarterback, uh, for example, uh, took a snap at the at the left hash, you know, bit through the left hash, and Jordan ran him down from that point down to the sideline and got him maybe gained six yards. So that's just an example of, of his athleticism, which uh, I think if you ask most coaches around the league right now, they'll they'll point him as maybe being the best nose tackle in the uh, in the le- in the in the league. And they've also got some uh, again athletic guys, experienced guys, Devontae Wyatt. 
uh, Trayvon Walker. Jalen Carter is another guy. He, he, he manhandled some people last weekend in the Clemson game in that opening weekend. And they've got a deep group of linebackers, Kobe Dean, uh, you know, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, and the uh, secondary, which, you know, is just a question mark, sir. I mean, that, that Georgia has been, has had a few times this year where they've, you know, given up some long pass plays. And, uh, and I know we're, we're trailing, you know, coming to town. That's a concern for them uh, in, in this one. But they do have some talent back there, though, too. Darian Kendrick, a, a cornerback, you know, transfer from Clemson, but an all-ACC player. He's played well as five-star. Uh, 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 Kelly Ringo, who's a – Adam, he's gotten better as the, as the season is going along. And they've got two experienced guys at safety with Lewis Seen and Christopher Smith, who had the pick six against Clemson uh, for the only touchdown of that contest. So it's, it's a deep team. It's very athletic. And, uh, again, I know people say, well, Georgia's not facing anybody. But, again, the, the teams they face, they've, they've shut down. So uh, I, I expect they'll get a, a, a much bigger test you know, against Arkansas with, with the talent they've got in their offensive line. But uh, so far they've – played extremely extremely well right now and they are statistically anyway i mean the top team in the, in the country as far as scoring defense and total defense yeah and i mean you, you kind of touched on this a little bit but i'm wondering you know if if you put on a headset as an opposing offensive coordinator is there a a weakness i mean i know that could be a, a relative term mm-hmm. but is yeah. there some way you would attack george's defense to, to try to to move the ball on them I would spread it out as much as possible, but the thing is, on, on, with Georgia, they are so fast. I mean, it, it, you may get a play to the perimeter and be, be met at the line of scrimmage by somebody like Tyndale or one of the two safeties. I mean, they're just the speed is just it's, it's, it's out of this world. It really, it really. I'm trying to think of a good adjective, and I don't mean to sound like I'm just saying this defense is the greatest of all time because it's not. But I mean, the talent that's on the field right now, they've done a great job recruiting, and all these guys can can run, and that's to me that's the, that's the biggest thing that that makes it hard for teams. And, and right now they're able to get a lot of pressure quite often with just three or four guys rushing the passer. So, uh, and, but, you know, that's just something they've, they just been, been very adept at doing it is whatever offense they, they face, they've been able to have an answer for it. And I know we've, we've talked about Sam Pittman before, I think, but mm-hmm. how, how do people down in Georgia kind of view the success he's having and, and how are they, are they, are they watching Yo and oh, what yeah. he's doing at Arkansas? They, they love Sam Pittman. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many people that went on message boards man, were saying, man, if, when Georgia, if, if Arkansas wasn't, wasn't playing Georgia, we'd be root for Sam Pittman. We love Sam Pittman. And even, you know, Georgia's players today who were, who were around when Coach Pittman was here, man, to a T, they, they love him. I mean, he was just uh, was such a such a leader for that offensive line. And just as you well know, just a, just a great guy to be around. And, uh, I know Coach Smart absolutely loves the man to death, and uh, the, I know the feelings of Mitchell with Sam and, and the time he spent here at UGA. But, but no doubt, he he's probably the most popular, you know, opposing head coach that uh, Georgia fans have, uh, I guess, gravitated to in a long time. They they love Coach, but don't know how much they love him now. If Arkansas comes in and wins the game, but you know, still they like they really respect what Coach Pittman did only did here. But they also, I think, when they're not playing Georgia, they're really rooting for him there in Fayetteville. And finally, I know Georgia, I think, open is like an 18 or 18 and a half point favorite this weekend. Mm. Uh, it is a noon kickoff, so I don't know how much that's going to impact it. But uh, you don't necessarily have to give a, a score prediction here. But I'm wondering what you how you kind of see this weekend's game playing out. Maybe what are the keys to the game? Well, I know uh, that, that that Jefferson and and, um, and Traylon are, are, are a little banged up. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but they're going to play. I know Coach Pittman said that yesterday. I mean, how are they going to be 100%? Uh, if they are, then that, they, they're going to create some, some problems. But I, 
again, playing at home, Georgia, I don't, you know, people talk about the noon starts and teams, you know, being sometimes being slow reacting. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Georgia was, was pretty ready last weekend against a band, a Vanderbilt team, which, uh, there may be some high schools in the country right now that can beat the Commodore. That's that's a bad, bad football team that they played last weekend. But I, I think Georgia will be ready. I think Arkansas will be ready. But, you know, playing in Athens, I think, is going to be tough. I'm not sure if Georgia will, will win by 18, but I do think they'll win the ball game. Uh, but Arkansas is a, a team that's got a lot of, again, a lot of great respect for them. There's, you know, all, you know the defensive line, the transfers they brought in have really made a difference. And that's going to be a, a struggle for Georgia's running game, again, to kind of get going uh, against that group. But, uh JT Daniels again though is so far has been on point and they've got enough weapons I think and uh and that defense I mean I think they're gonna be able to lean on that pretty well and come out with a victory. Well, that's all I got for you, Dash. Uh, thanks again for for giving us some insight on the Bulldogs and and as a reminder to everyone listening, uh, kickoff is scheduled for 11 a.m. Central, uh, noon Eastern. Uh, you can watch it on television on ESPN uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you can always see these know the foe interviews as well as press conferences practice clips recruiting videos and much much more and as always be sure to check out hogbeat.com for all of our coverage on all things arkansas you're listening to the hogbeat hour with andrew hutchinson alex trader and mason choate on espn arkansas and hit that line.com all right back here on the hogbeat hour last segment of the day this is the one everybody looks forward to we're going to give you our thoughts on the Georgia game. Top 10 matchup down in Athens. College game day is going to be there. First of all, I just want to talk about college game day. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that they were going to go to Alabama, Ole Miss, but they ended up going to Arkansas, Georgia. Hutch, I mean, what has it been since an Arkansas game? It was the Sugar Bowl, right? Arkansas versus Ohio State. College game day was there, I believe. I'm not sure they were there. I know The only college game day that I'm aware of is the 2006 uh Tennessee game and I was 12 years old and I went and I had a sign with my mom you know it was it was a good time (laughs) I I mean I kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the show but literally it's like number one on my bucket list to go to an Arkansas college game day game where not I I don't want to go to the one in Athens because I want it to be in Fayetteville like that's the dream but um if they beat Georgia maybe at the end of the year one of those games, maybe, I don't know. I don't think that we'll get it this year. But if, if Sam Pittman keeps doing the things the way he's doing, then maybe eventually they'll come to Fayetteville. So let's talk about this Georgia game. Arkansas is an 18-and-a-half-point underdog. The Bulldogs are 4-0. They beat Clemson 10-3. Uh, Only touchdown was a pick six. And then they've played, I mean – they played UAB, South Carolina, and Vandy. Well, I mean, people talk about how South Carolina is, like, decent, but we know what UAB and Vandy are. Alex, before we started, you kind of gave your opinions on those victories that Georgia had, but uh, you don't think that those are really good wins. No, I, I think Clemson is a decent team, and then they've beat up on the Sisters of the Poor. Uh, we, coming into the year, everyone had it penciled in that Clemson versus Georgia, the winner of that had the best one of the year and it was going to carry them. Loser was getting into the playoff. Well, folks, turns out Clemson is terrible. They're not a good football team. They almost lost to Georgia tech, probably should have lost to Georgia tech, get beat down by NC state last weekend. And, you know, Georgia does most likely have a very good defense. You can see that just by how they're playing, but 
I haven't seen anything opponent wise that proves that, you know, Clemson can't run the ball. They don't have any weapons. DJ Uyunglele might not be a great quarterback in the way that people thought that he was. So um, I would say Arkansas probably has two, at least two better wins than anything that Georgia's done this year. I hate to just kind of like change the subject, but I'm looking right here. College game day was at the Arkansas Ohio state game for the sugar bowl on January 4th, 2011. So I don't remember that. I, so I really remember them. I don't know why I thought they were at the, the Arkansas LSU game when it was in Baton Rouge, LSU was number one, Arkansas was number three. For some reason I thought they were there, but that was a Friday game and I don't think they would have been there. So correct. anyways, that, that, that was random, but uh, Hutch, I just want to ask you about JT Daniels, the Georgia quarterback. You know, I, I've heard that, you know, he is the number one guy. Stetson Bennett has had gotten his reps, but that's been because of injuries and because they blow everybody out. Um, what do you think of JT Daniels and what have you learned about him? You know, he's an interesting guy. I mean, they, one, he, he battled some injuries, as you said. I mean, he had an oblique injury that I think kept him out of the UAB game and uh, Kirby Smart revealed on the SEC teleconference that uh, he's dealing with a lat injury, uh, but it doesn't sound like it's serious. I mean, I think uh, Dasher has said that it was uh, going to be, he was going to be hundred percent, shouldn't be limited. Uh, so far, he's been a very good quarterback. He has uh, completed like over 70% of his passes. You know, some of those haven't exactly been, you know, super long passes, you know, that they can, Alex was saying earlier that the, against Clemson, he had like an average completion of like four point something yards. So I mean, not, not exactly taking shots down the field, uh, but they have done just enough and he hasn't done anything to get them beat. And I think Georgia traditionally, you know, if, if you just get a, a quarterback that can't get you beat, cause you've got so many good running backs, you've got a really great defense that I think that's what you need. So I, I think he's been, he's doing what they need him to do to kind of live up to, to their expectations as a team. Talked about running backs. I mean, Georgia, is there ever a year that Georgia isn't probably the team with the best running backs in the nation? It seems like every year they've got NFL guys in that backfield, and this year's the same thing. I mean, Zamir, might, Zamir White is a really good running back. Hutch, is, it's going to be tough for this Arkansas defense to stop these running backs as good as the defense is. Yeah, I mean, the Sam Pittman said earlier this week that one of the keys to this game is is being a sound tackling team. They're going to have to tackle better than they have all year because these are big dudes. These guys are are creatures. I mean, they 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 seem like they came out of a running back factory. And and you've got I think Dasher said that uh, three five star running backs and two high four star running backs, and all five of them could play. Uh, so we thought Arkansas had a really good rotation of running backs. It looks like Georgia may be even more talented. I mean, really the only team that you could probably compare them to is Alabama because Alabama always has a stable of really good running backs as well. So uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy, especially when you also got a, a pretty good Georgia offensive line that, you know, Sam Pittman probably contributed to that as well. So not to, not going to be an easy task for Arkansas's defense. I want to I stick with the offense and talk about the Georgia pass catchers because they've had a lot of injuries at wide receiver. We know that George Pickens is probably their best wide receiver. He's recovering from a torn ACL. Um, they've had quite a bit of other injuries, and then we know that at tight end, big Darnell Washington. I mean, that dude is a – he is a big man. He's going to be back this week. Brock Bowers has done a great job in his place, true freshman. Um, 
these are some really good Georgia pass catchers, but the, also Arkansas's secondary has done well. The only thing is we kind of mentioned it, you know, Arkansas, Arkansas has gotten beat over the top quite a bit. So Hutch, do you think that, you know, this might finally be the week where the quarterback is talented enough to connect over the top with those receivers? I think he's certainly talented enough, but I think it's all going to hinge on how well the defensive line can get after him. I mean, are they going to be able to get pressure like they did against Zach Calzada against uh, A&M? So I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I do think the secondary is better than they have played this year. I mean, because as you said, I mean, there, there's been teams that have gotten behind them, uh, you know, teams like Hudson, Hudson Card for Texas and the, the Georgia Southern quarterback. They, they have missed open guys that have contributed to it, but still the secondary, as I looked it up earlier this week, according to pro football focus, opposing teams are only two of 18 on passes thrown at least 20 yards downfield. And that's, that's a little bit of luck, as you said, but also I think there's a lot to do with, you know, how good the pass rush has been and pressuring the quarterback. And also the secondary has been pretty solid. I think Monteric Brown has having a really good year at corner uh, I think Jalen Catalan can be better than what we've seen from him so far. And I think, uh, you know, they, they've been rotating some guys at the other cornerback spot with Hudson, Hudson Clark and Ladarius Bishop. I think they've got a pretty good rotation going there. And the other safety, you know, Joe Fouché, Simeon Blair, uh, Greg Brooks at nickel. They've got really talented guys that I don't think we've even seen them live up to their full potential yet. And that's a pretty good thing to hear when they've been pretty good so far. Let's, let's switch over to defense because this Georgia defense is their pride and joy. I mean, they are they they're the best defense in the country, at least statistically. They're the number one scoring defense, number one total defense. They're allowing like just over two yards per carry, having given up a rushing touchdown. They allow the least amount of passing yards of any team in the country. I mean, you you name the stat, they probably lead the country in it. So, uh, Alex, I just want to ask you about this Georgia defense. How is Arkansas going to be able to move the ball against this defense? And do you see, do you see a struggle on the offensive offensive side of the ball for Arkansas this week? Um, I, I think moving the ball, you're not going to be able to move it and bully them the way you bullied Texas. But I think you know Texas A&M not necessarily quite where they usually are defensively. But that was a team that was touted as having one of the best defenses in the country coming into to week four, and, and Arkansas was able to tear them up early. I think a lot of it's going to come down to what Kendall Bryles is able to do in his script. And then also continuing to build upon that and making adjustments throughout the game this week that maybe didn't hit quite as well as he would have hoped this last weekend. Um, as for Georgia's defense, they have Jordan Davis anchoring the middle of the defensive line. He's a stud. They've got guys all over the field getting after quarterbacks. Um, I can't remember who said it, but there was essentially a lot. I was, I believe it was uh, Shane Beamer who was like, well, what do you want us to do running the ball? What do you mean? Did they do something special? They have four and five or they have five star guys all over the field. It's an NFL player at every level. Um, so what do you want us to do adjustment wise to change that? I think that is the job of Sam Pittman and uh, Kendall Bryles to get out there and figure out, Hey, they might have the more talented guys according to the, to the recruiting databases, what can we do to neutralize that factor? Um, one one point that Dash was worried about in your know the foe was that secondary. They've got Tyke Smith and, and Darian Kendrick both transferring in this past season, both highly touted guys coming in. And Kendrick hasn't necessarily been able to step up to that level that they need him to be at yet. And Tyke Smith back, 
coming back from injury. Um, you know, a couple of days ago it came out, oh, these guys are both back. Uh, it's going to be trouble for Arkansas. And we already saw with Washington, you know, he's not necessarily going to come in and be the guy right away. He's still having trouble in practice. He's still coming back off a foot injury and Tyke Smith. It's hard to just step in at corner after, after being off for a long time and compete with someone like Traylon Burks. I don't know how he's going to be able to do it. I don't know. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, they're going to be coached up to do what they need to do. They have the talent to do what they need to do. It's a matter of Arkansas countering that and going out and proving that they're not the same Arkansas team. I'll just go over to you, Hutch. What does Arkansas have to do to counter that? What do you see them doing? Um, if Arkansas wins this game, how do they do it on the offensive side of the ball? I think they're going to have to probably hit a big player too. Uh, you know, I, I feel like the defense at Arkansas is good enough to maybe limit the, the Georgia offense so you don't have to score too many points. You know, we, we could see kind of a similar game like what we saw against Texas A&M. And so really the offense just has to, you know, hit a big player too. Kind of like what we saw, Traylon Burks had the 85-yard touchdown. Uh, A.J. Green had the 48-yard touchdown. You know, that, that's easier said than done against a team like uh, Georgia. But I really think that hit, hitting a big player too is going to be key because, you know, who knows, 17 points, that, that may be enough to, to win the game. So uh, I, I really see that being the thing because I don't think they're going to be able, as, as Alex said, like bully their way down the field like they did against Texas. That's just not going to happen. Uh, so I, I like the, the potential of maybe a big play here or there uh, you just got to be able to sustain some drives to help keep your defense off the field, to keep them fresh. Uh, and then every now and then, as I said, hit, hit a big play and, and get some points on the board. I just, I want to stick with the same question, but on the defensive side of the ball, what does Arkansas have to do defensively? I mean, I, I feel like the, the blueprint has been, you know, you just got to pressure the quarterback, make him uncomfortable. But JT Daniels is, I mean, he's probably the most talented quarterback Arkansas has faced this year. So, is that, is that going to work against him? And how successful are you going to be at getting to him with a, probably the most talented offensive line you faced all year? That's a, that's a great question. Uh, I think we're just going to see how really good Arkansas's defense is. I think they're going to do what they do, and they're going to try to, to make it work. And uh, I, I, you know, the, the million-dollar question, too, is, you know, are they going to be in a three-man front? Are they going to be in a four-man front? Are they – how are they going to align in those fronts? Uh, they they have done something different every week. I mean, they've used a four-man front against Rice and Georgia Southern and a three-man front against Texas and Texas A&M. I think that might bode – you know, help Arkansas in the fact that Georgia's not exactly 100% sure what to prepare for. Uh, so – that, that may help give Arkansas at least an advantage early in the game, uh, take advantage of it then. Uh, but I also – I like what Barry Odom brings to the table as the defensive coordinator. you got to feel good about what he's going to scheme up for Arkansas. All right, guys. Well, let's just get into our overall thoughts and predictions for this week. And I know um, at least Alex said he's not going to give a score prediction today. So um, we'll wait for that story to go out later on with our predictions but Alex we'll go ahead and start with you what do you think is going to happen this weekend man what 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 do you think is going to happen between Arkansas and Georgia yeah and I, I the reason I'm not giving a score prediction is because the last couple weeks um, most specifically Texas I ended up changing Arkansas or changing my pick from Arkansas or from Texas to Arkansas after the podcast came out um, and, and things changed in those last couple of days leading up to the game. 
Uh, I think that could be the case here right now. Georgia seems like an obvious play. They're favored by 18 and a half. Um, that line seems a little bit wild to me. I mean, last year we saw Arkansas leading that game seven, five, one into halftime. Um, I could see something very similar happening here where they're able to keep in the game. I'm not sure they're going to be able to sustain it throughout the whole game, but this is a better version of Arkansas against what looks to be a better version of Georgia, but we just haven't seen enough from JT Daniels to know that for sure. Hutch, you brought up a great point about the running the four, three against our, uh, Texas and Texas A&M Georgia runs a similar style of offense. They're going to have a running back. who's going to get after it and try to dominate you in that, in that aspect. Um, Arkansas was able to stop it against both A&M and Texas almost entirely. Uh, look for that same kind of strategy from Odom. And then, like you said, Kendall Browse just has to have a couple good plays and, and Arkansas can compete in this game. I'll keep mine short and sweet. I think that really this is going to boil down to the most talented defense and Georgia has the most talented defense. Um, I, I think that it will be a close game, a low, lower scoring game. But I think that Georgia's just going to squeak it out as much as I want to pick the Hogs. Not even from a homer perspective, just from a like I've watched this team and I think they're that good. Um, I I just don't know if they're good enough to beat Georgia. So, um, Hudge, we'll we'll go to you. Yeah, I mean, I just think Georgia's too good right now. Honestly, the, the eighteen and a half point spread seems pretty big. I think Arkansas can cover that. Uh, but it also wouldn't surprise me if, if Arkansas keeps it close for, say, three quarters or even three and a half quarters, only for Georgia to kind of score late and make the score look maybe a little bit larger than it w- should. Uh, so I could, I could see Arkansas losing by about 14, maybe 17, something like that, but, but hanging with them most of the game until right there at the end. Well, that's going to do it for us here on the Hogbeat Hour. If you want to know anything else about Arkansas – Go to hogbeat.com. We've got great content. Andrew Hutchinson, I mean, he puts out so much content every day, and you want to read all of it. So give it a look, and uh, thank you guys for listening to the Hogbeat Hour.